Hey everybody, happy Friday. Today we're going to talk about runners and strength training, why they need it. Um, it's an overlooked piece of training that uh, a lot of runners tend to leave out. So we'll start with you know, why it tends to be left out, and that's because of the misconception that's been, maybe not a misconception actually, it's more of a uh, training philosophy that's been built into a lot of distance runners, and uh, that's LSD. Um, no, not the drug, uh, long, slow distance. So the traditional thought when it comes to, especially when it gets like marathon and ultra marathons, um, but it can range from 5Ks to 10Ks and above, um, although it's gotten better when it comes to shorter races like 3Ks and 5Ks, is more miles is better. Um, the old way used to be like hundreds and 100 mile uh, plus like weekly mileage, uh, especially for the elite athletes and of course when elite athletes have success people want to replicate that so they do the same training that they do so they want to do 100 plus miles a week and even if they build to it eventually it's just too much for them anyways but the pro to that is the obvious fact that not only does it build great uh, endurance capacity it builds your aerobic capacity so you have just this huge long base if you can actually get to the mileage. Downfalls of it though are unfortunately most of the time it tends to be too much for people. Their bodies break down. Um, the second is you neglect um, these other energy pathways and musculature that should be trained throughout everybody. Um, and that's something we'll cover through talks is you know even if you're a power athlete you should also incorporate some some longer aerobic based stuff. I mean, it doesn't have to be a ton, obviously, because you're power based, but it comes from how that energy system improves certain functions compared to another energy system improving other functions. Um, and when we talk about energy pathways, which is the next point I have up there, uh, I'm talking about like three major ones, basically, um, that a lot of people don't know. And the first one is it lasts about six to 10 seconds, is pretty much any time you start moving. So if I even fidget my hand, I'm looking at what's called an ATPCP um, phase. It was really quick, real short, and it burns incredibly efficient. Um, but again, six to ten seconds, it's not a whole lot um, that I can get out of it unless I'm doing like a max lift. Okay, the next one is glycolysis. So basically, you're burning sugars. Um, that's why carbohydrates are important because um, you build this energy system. Um, or fuel for it essentially. And that usually works up to about 35 minutes. Um, so you're talking, it's primary when you're talking 800 to a mile kind of races. Um, it's that lactate threshold almost. Um, then the last one is um, lipids, burning fats. That's what everybody thinks of when they think of distance running is burning more fat, which I mean if you can prime your body to do so it's awesome but you want flexibility to be able to actually use all of these energy systems. And if you don't train certain ones, like just doing long, slow distance, you won't benefit from being able to go back and forth. So your body will require one fuel more than the other. And that's awesome. But the energy pathway leads into um, the musculature. So you have different types of muscle, you know, that play better with certain energy systems. Yes, excuse my notes. Um, so when you're talking um, long slow distance, you're talking about slow twitch fibers, um, things that are designed to contract at a much slower rate 
but over a longer period of time. Um, then you have, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have uh, fast twitch. So those are power muscles. Those are designed to put a lot of force in a short period of time. Those are what I use when I lift, when I sprint, anything like that. And then you also have fibers in between, which are intermediate. Um, those can be trained a bit in either direction. So depending on what training you do, you can push them more towards um, power output or you can do them more towards um, aerobic. Um, now, everybody's a little bit different. That's when genetics kind of come into play. And that means my body type versus my best friend's body type versus another buddy's body type versus somebody I've never met their body type, such as like Nick Willis. Um, if you don't know much about running, look him up. He's one of the top milers in the world. Actually, just got third at the World Indoor Championships, Centurets, USA. Got number one, finally. Um, but if you look at them, they're long and slender. Um, then you look at sprinters, and you have these big, bulky bodies, these power athletes. Um, and when you look at that, I mean, not only does it play into their training and what they've tried to do, but there's a genetic predisposition. So if we took someone like Nick Willis um, and just really tried to beef him up, I mean, with a lot of time and energy, we could put some mass on him, but he's not going to look like a sprinter. Um, it's just genetically he's more inept to an ectomorph kind of body type. Um, so that kind of plays into it as well, but there's always training that can help improve everybody's skills in certain areas. So back to why um, strength training is important in runners. So when we talk about it, major thing is fatigue. This guy right here. And I'm getting pretty good at this because the board's actually a couple feet away, I guess. Um, fatigue. Um, so when you get, I mean, basically, if I'm stronger, I can hold better positioning over time. So if I don't train strength, no matter how many times I do repetitions, towards the end I'll be more um, prone, that's the word I'm looking for, more prone to actually defaulting to poor mechanics and trying to use um, essentially bracing. Um, so I'll use structures to kind of fall onto it instead of the muscles itself um, to hold myself in a position which usually is not um, a great position to be in. Um, so that's part of why strength comes into play. My dog's crying now. Um, the next is uh, it's going to be um, efficiency. So basically if I have the ability to be stronger in positions and I can be quicker in positions, um, so efficiency and speed kind of play in part. So if I, have, if I do a lot of repeats or if I do some strength training, I can actually improve not only my speed but my efficiency. So I become more comfortable at quicker and quicker paces because of my ability to be in better positions for longer, but also because my power output is better. And I don't have to put as much effort because I'm stronger, so it's at a lower percentage of what my maximum uh, ability is over time. <coughs> same kind of relation between your standard strength training, just looking at strength training. So if I do heavier and heavier lifts, I increase my weight, 
I get stronger. So say my max lift is 200 pounds on a back squat. Well, a 45 pound bar starts to feel a whole lot lighter compared to it if I have a 100 pound uh, PR for a back squat. Um, so those relations starts to change. So you're looking at the percentage of sub max starts to change. Um, <coughs> and speed is something that is often overlooked with distance runners. And um, we'll talk about that in another talk of looking at the breakdown on things that are important in training programs. Um, so not just the amount of mileage that you're putting in, but it's the quality work. Um, so those quality workouts, I mean, you're looking at lactate threshold, you're looking at um, different types of repeats. So you have much faster repeats. You have, um, how would you, I mean, I'm trying to put it in terms that make kind of sense um, for you guys before I explain them. Um, so you have those moderate repeats where you're doing a whole lot more volume. Um, rest is going to be a little bit different. And then you have your standard aerobic just miles where you're just you're doing a lot of work for a long period of time just to build different energy systems so they fall on different lines and there's a different prioritizing for people and that's a whole nother talk um, so let's get into what kind of strength um, training runners should be doing um, don't make the mistake that most strength coaches and trainers tend to want to do which is replicating sport-specific movement with load. Um, that's always, not always. We won't get into saying always and not always. Most of the time, that's a bad idea to do. Um, yeah, most of the time, it's, it's not a good idea. Um, strength is a general adaptation. Um, just like building aerobic capacity is a general adaptation. How you apply that adaptation, so how you apply your strength, um, is what is formed when you do your sport-specific conditioning. When you do skill drills, when you do any of your exercises, whether it's applying it to football or to running or anything else, you build your general strength outside of that sport. Then you apply it in a specific way when you start to do the skills in sport. So when it comes to running, most of the time it comes from the workouts that you do and then racing. So we don't like to add weights for a lot of specific movement patterns because when you do that, you tend to overload um, your body in a way that it's not really designed to handle um, because those positions tend to be pretty specific and pretty unique. Um, it's not good to overload them that way. Um, so like if I'm running, I don't want to overload at the very end of my lever at my ankle. Because if I do, what tends to happen is that momentum tends to be a little bit greater. You'll swing your foot farther back. And that'll usually play into either how your knee um, tends to go. So sometimes if it swings just a little bit outward, you get this knee tilt inward. But what I'll also do is the primary thing is that with your hips, my hip starts to swing backwards, it'll pull my hips with it. Um, so I end up getting this pelvic tilt forward, and I get that lumbar extension, and I end up just putting stress on, this, on the system that I don't really need to do. Um, so we look at doing just a general strength program. Hence why KISS is underneath it. There's dots in between those. Um, it's one I like to use a lot. It's keep it simple, stupid. Um, not calling people stupid, but basically it should 
may almost sound simple dumb like oh this is you know this isn't good enough for me um just because something is fancy and has bells and whistles guys doesn't mean it's good um does not mean it's efficient doesn't mean it's effective um we keep it simple and this will actually play into the strength training programs that we start to launch for you guys um that you guys can sign up for we use big barbell movements um or body weight movements because of one specific reason we can target lots of muscles in one or two movements and get everything firing and everything moving especially in unison which we want there to be a cohesion between one part of my body moving with another there's a connection and there's a transfer that happens there i need to move power from one end to the other your body is an entire system and you got to think about it that way so we use those barbell movements because i can use a handful of movements to get the same amount of work done that I would have to do with dozens of individualized movements. And I can cut it to two to three training sessions a week instead of having to do one body part basically every single day. And that's more of a body building um, in a way, which is, I mean, it's perfectly fine. It works well for bodybuilders, obviously, but it's not something that we want to do. We want to build strength that's generally applicable to any area of life. So the movements we really prefer are things like back squat. Best movement out there. Absolutely love it. Deadlift is number two. Second favorite. It's one of my weak points, and I'm working on it, but still love it. Those are the two that it works pretty much absolutely everything at once. You have to engage everything at once to do those movements effectively and efficiently. Next comes things like the bench press and the military press or the strict shoulder press with a barbell, that overhead press, or the bench. That can still engage just about everything in the military press I like to do standing um, because I like to incorporate my legs um, that plays into doing like a push press more so but I'd like to be able to find that base and press through um, but that engages at least from the pelvic floor up because you have to engage from your pelvis all the way up entirely if you let that go you're missing a connection it's not as strong of a lift guys um, and then a couple body weight movements that we tend to incorporate are like pull-ups chin-ups um, those variations, they have slightly different benefits to them. Um, that's something we'll cover a different time too. And then like dips, another great upper body movement that incorporates just about everything at once. Um, so those are the movements that we, we like to use and they work great for everybody. I mean, if, if you ever take a look, you can find online, you can see videos of professional runners. Um, even the distance runners guys, you'll see them. They're in the gym doing strength training, um, doing core work, doing balance and agility stuff, because that is stuff that applies to their sport. They build those general skills and abilities, and then they apply them to their sport. Now, the things they're doing completely different. We won't get into that. Um, plus, they're at a completely different level, and that's when you get into beginner, intermediate, and then very advanced uh, strength training programs and how they're done and how they're structured. Ours will start out very basic for everybody because most people don't have a big base for strength training, especially runners. As I was, I've been in that crowd. Um, I don't run as much as I used to. I'm a bit heavier than I used to be, so it's a little bit harder on me. So I have to change it around a little bit. But I still absolutely love to run, and I feel so much better now that I've gotten stronger as a runner. Um, but I never got to see much through. Um, my high school years and barely saw some into uh, my collegiate years 
of actually getting some strength training into the runners you see it with basketball players you see it with volleyball players you see it with a lot of people but the runners tend to miss out a lot um so that's one group um i'll tend to work with a lot is because i'm such a no pun intended big runner i mean 215 pounds a big runner especially for a distance runner but it's because it's a group that i absolutely love and i love the benefits that come from that crowd so I just want to cover, uh, you know, why that strength training is important um, because it's often overlooked by a lot of runners that I know. Um, finally, got a couple that I know, Shannon, you're one of them, uh, to start doing some and already just a couple weeks in seeing some benefits. So um, coming up in a couple weeks, guys, we will have an announcement video covering a couple things that we've got going on and that we're, uh, we're going to share with you. And then, uh, as always, subscribe to our newsletter, get a discount on your first order. We've got some more stuff coming up for apparel as well. Um, hopefully that'll launch pretty soon. Um, check us out on Twitter um, at Train Athletics. Check us out on Instagram. It's at Team Train. Um, give us a like on Facebook. We're always putting stuff on there. And then, uh, as always, lift, lift, love. Enjoy your weekend, guys.